You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher talk about what it means to heal from the painful emotional experiences of having body hatred. Listen in as Candace and Cher discuss why knowing our stories about our bodies can help lead us on this healing journey with deep self-compassion and kindness. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. Good to be back with you. Good to be back with you around the topic of body hatred. This is number three in this episode of not only body hatred, but what is our relationship with our body? We've talked about what our relationship with looking in the mirror is. And today we want to also talk about what it looks like to heal in this space. Yeah. Yeah. And I I had mentioned to you that I I often want more information and I learn about or read about like different tools to bring our bodies into a regulated state. And let's just call that our window of tolerance. Mm -hmm. When it comes to body shame and body hatred, we can get dysregulated. We can either go into shutdown and depression over our body, or we can go into the powering up and the anxiety and the panic about our body. And there are tools out there that can help us come back into that window of tolerance where we're able to integrate our triune brain. But what I mentioned was all of those tools are wonderful. And I use a lot of them, especially running for me can do that. But we talked about why do we also believe in the power of knowing the origin story? Well, and I want to invite you to just talk a little bit about your running group and some of the things that are said and how that can bring some understanding of what we're talking about here. Okay. Yeah. So I'm on an online running group that people share a lot of their journeys with running and what it does for them. And I noticed that, that a lot of people say I run for my mental health. And that's also my story. I, I know that if, if I can run, it brings my body down. I become more regulated. I think more clearly, feel more clearly and able to feel grounded, but I'm not going to be able to run forever. <laughs> until I die, right? And if that is the only thing I've relied on, it's not that it doesn't work. Let's just say I get regulated five times a day and sometimes I do. I can't go run five times a day. But what's been more effective that I believe is going to last until my deathbed is getting to the root of why I'm dysregulated. Yeah. And there's always a story. Yeah. So what we're wanting to talk about here is not just how do we cope and coping is good and regulating is important. And we are all about that. And we've talked a lot about that on many episodes, but how do we heal this thing of body hatred and, and of our, and, and of body shame and some of these things that we've carried for decades, how do we really find healing here? And so we want to talk a little bit about how story and going back to the stories of origin really can help us do that. Say more. Well, now I'm going to turn it back to you because, you know, you brought up that like our listeners know if they've listened to us for any amount of time that we believe that story work coaches are just really a, a priceless gift. And that story group 
we've experienced so much healing. So we don't have to say a lot about that, but you also have found another way that has helped you tap into those origin stories where you are seeing some healing come through art. Yeah. So when I started doing art about a a little over a year, almost a year and a half ago, I just dived in. I started watching tutorials on YouTube and I started painting and I started to recognize not too long ago that someone asked me, what do you love the most? What do you, what do you love while you're painting? And I said, I don't love anything while I'm painting. I started to notice that really what I felt most while I was painting was a lot of tension and a lot of stress. And so I have been really slowing down and noticing, okay, why, what, what am I feeling? What is this connected to? And usually it's connected to my desire to achieve a finished product that I love. And so I've just slowed way down and I've gone back to some very simple, basic, not only, but some very simple, basic processes like just painting squares just watching the way that the paint and the water flow together, just to allow my body to experience restfulness in this painting, which has become so important to me. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm coming at it from another new perspective, and that is listening to my body and, and seeing what changes can I make at this point now in my process so that when I come and sit down and get my supplies out, that I am being really tender and gentle with my body so that my body can enjoy this process mm-hmm. of painting. Yeah, because... I'm just going to throw this out here and you can you can let me know if it fits or not. That process that you just shared, what came up for me was connected to how complicated your childhood was. Yeah. How chaotic life was. Mm-hmm. How complicated everything was and how I had to find a way to cope and function and survive in the midst of that, I mean, the, the truth is my body knows anxiety and can function very well in the context of anxiety. As a matter of fact, had you asked me a year ago if I feel anxious very often, I would have said no. But the truth is, is that I, I feel anxious a lot in my body, but I have just been unaware of it because it's been my normal. I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm picturing this little girl. And she has a responsibility of making her bed. Okay. I have an analogy going on here with your painting. Yeah. And she learns that if her bed is not made, I don't know, let's just say military style, Mm -hmm. there's, she's going to get in trouble. Yeah. She's going to get shamed. She isn't going to be recognized for the effort that she put in. Right. So then you have another little girl that has a responsibility of making her bed. And she does not feel that at all. She actually kind of feels curious about making her bed each day and maybe getting out that wrinkle and putting her pillow in a different place. And no matter how she does it, she gets delighted in. I don't know. I think that there's something to that with 
this place that you're going to come into with your painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, that just goes deep because while it was not about my bed, I, I don't even know if I made my bed, honestly, but <laughs> it was a million other things where the demand was for a child to be able to do or accomplish or provide or whatever way too much Mm -hmm. and where the demand was way too heavy. And so, yeah, it does. It feels like I'm able to come toward this thing with painting, with going, you know, some of the things that we've talked about before, going slow, Mm -hmm. having curiosity, turning toward myself with self-compassion. It's funny how painting little squares, you know, you would think it's like, who cares, right? And yet how sometimes I, I, I'm I, painting those little squares and I will, I will notice my body is very tense or I will notice myself, you know, just my, my non-verbals are a frustration. Like I didn't paint that square right. <laughs> Right. And, you know, and this is in something that totally does not matter. And yet, if I can go to this place with gentleness, curiosity, and compassion, it feels really, really important in my whole life. It really does. Yeah. Well, and what we're talking about is there are ways outside of you know, just doing formal story work, right? That we can begin to slow down and be curious. And what's coming up for me, like of of what's really going on in the story is in your parenting with your own kids. There's things coming up in you in those moments that you get confused over because you shouldn't feel that strong of a feeling, or you shouldn't feel numb about something that is significant. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm parenting for grand or not parenting. I'm grandparenting for littles right now. And I'm noticing that, that they're the ways that they show up and my interactions with them are also bringing me back to my, some of my own stories. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like our stories that are held in our bodies are asking to be seen and there's ways that they will be revealed if we if we just know that they want to be. Yeah. And if, we can be curious and notice. Yeah. If we know that they want to be revealed to us and if we learn how to listen. This is something that I have been very intentional about for I would say probably at least 2 years of learning to listen to what my body is saying to me. And, and I have several practices that I incorporate on a pretty regular basis of just ways that I am listening to my body. So for example, if I notice some kind of distress in my body, instead of going and taking a Tylenol, which I mean, for, for many years, honestly, I lived on Tylenol or Advil or, you know, two Tylenol and then two hours later to Advil. And Now I am, when I notice pain, for example, in my body, I am very curious. I'm noticing that my shoulder hurts. Okay. I did yoga. Oh, it could be from yoga. It could be from yoga. And then I get curious. Was it, is it from yoga? I listen. I will spend some quiet, just listening and allowing thoughts or perceptions to come forward. And when a thought comes like, Maybe a thought comes 
that is connected to a story. Mm-hmm. I will turn toward that with gentleness and curiosity. Like, oh, is that story connected to this pain that I feel right now? And then I will, and then a lot of times I'll grab my journal and I will just write. I feel shoulder pain. I listened. This story came up to me. Dear body, what what do you want to say to me? And then I I go slow and I'm listening and I'm waiting. And it's pretty amazing how often further thoughts will come and something important will emerge. That's fascinating because what's coming up for me as you share that is this idea of um, seeking wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're seeking wisdom. Yeah. And as we turn towards ourselves with kindness and curiosity, we are able to hear the truer story yeah. instead of going into immediate self-judgment or for me, oftentimes it would be kind of a, a fearful feeling like I'm afraid of what you're going to say to me. Yeah. And and so this idea, and I, I'm just going to say this. So the idea that our bodies, scripture calls them temples or houses that within our body, we believe dwells the spirit that wants to give us wisdom about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that felt that feels like what's happening in those spaces where we slow down and we are seeking the wisdom about the truer story mm-hmm. instead of just, oh, well, there's that pain again and taking an Advil. You know, we're not saying there's never times to do that. But yeah, I think the key for me has been in this whole process. Because I'm a, I'm I'm pretty impulsive and I'm a quick reactor. Is I think my life is actually being changed by slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeking truth and not seeking truth in the way of what I used to think seeking truth looked like, which I think that could be a no another whole episode, <laughs> but seeking it in a way that. It's it's not regurgitating just what's been said to me. It's going deeper into what's really true. Well, and what's true for you in your body. Because really, we can go to higher truths or absolute truths, you know, and, and which which we believe. Like we were created for love. We were created with goodness in in mind for us and we anyway we can go toward these higher truths and we do and and we and and those are important to us i'm not saying they aren't but our body also holds truths and we cannot heal the wounds that impact our lives on a daily basis if we do not listen to the stories that our body is telling And the reason why we cannot heal is because healing means new neuropathways become created in our brain. Like that is, that's the healing right there. When we encounter something in our brain responds in a new and a different way. Mm -hmm. Those new neuropathways happen 
when we will go toward the origin and toward the belief and toward the perceptions and toward the memory. And and then as we begin to relate to what happened way back there, but now in a different way, with kindness, with curiosity, with compassion, right? When we now do it in a different way and our body sees the care that we will bring, our brain is able to now process that memory in a different kind of a way. And that is what enables us then to live differently. I think that process is developing a new belief system based on the real truth. Yeah. And so sometimes when we hear, oh, just believe, well, belief is a process. Yeah. Well, so and belief, just believe. belief is built over time. Yeah. And just believe. I mean, I think we all could, could honestly really say in that moment, oh, I am. I am believing everything that my body and my brain tell me to be true. Like I am believing. We can have our belief system that is based on facts and truths and knowledge and all of that. But if what I believe in my limbic brain and in my body is is different than those intellectual beliefs, I will default to what my body and limbic brain hold to be true. I will default to that every time. That is where the neuropathways lie. Yeah. And that's also where the shame lies when you do desire change and healing and transformation, and you keep coming up against a wall. Yeah. And so we want to say that that wall has to be met with so much curiosity and kindness for it to begin to come down. And when we're met with self-judgment or judgment from others, guess what it does to the wall? Yeah. It just strengthens it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're kind of making full circle here, talking about the impact of condemnation and judgment and shame Mm -hmm. and how that has been powerful to keep us stuck in our places of woundedness through which we live out our lives in behaviors often that we wish we could change. And what we are saying here today is that there is a different way. Um, There is a way where we can find healing through slowing down, being curious, bringing kindness, turning toward ourselves with self-compassion. We can do a lot of that just on our own by slowing down and just some of these things that we're talking about here today. We can do it with in, within the context of others who are also doing this kind of work. And both are, are really important. And, and so we just want to say to our believer, to, <laughs> to our believers, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know, but uh, no. <laughs> listeners, to our dear listeners, we want to say that we we know this topic that we've been that we've been on for the last few episodes about body hatred and body shame, and now we're we're we're, we're just talking today about how do we meet ourselves in our stories of 
woundedness with compassion. And this is the pathway that will bring healing and wholeness and relief and and so much goodness in life. And so we want to leave our listeners with, with that hope that it's a journey. It's a twisty, turny path. It's ongoing. It's hard. It's beautiful. It's good. It's hard. <laughs> and mostly I wanted to say is like, it's really, really possible. And for those did we who, mention did we mention it's hard? <laughs> it is hard, uh, but it's good and it's, it's so love, good and it's yeah. And so we we just want to come to that place as we close here. Yeah, and I want to invite our listeners. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. And if there's something about this topic that brought up questions or something that you want to share about your story, you can reach out to us at candisshare at gmail dot com. You can reach us at our Facebook page, Processing Trauma Out Loud. And we we really would love to hear from you. Yeah, so much. It's it's wonderful to talk knowing that the analytics show that people are listening, but we would love to to actually have, have uh, more interaction with our listeners. Good to be with you today, Fran. Love you. So good to be with you, Candice. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.